minus three with Dave Damashek and Jeff Schwartz. Do it, fellas. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win coming up on the show. It's another big one coming your way. A grand guest awaits your ears and your heart. Joey Molinaro from Barstool Sports, breakout star of 2020. We'll be kibitzing with him in front of, as it happens, his favorite pro football team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll get his little preview on Steelers versus Cowboys, a great 20th century rivalry now extending into the 21st century to the here and now. Let's yeah. say hello to our main man there all the way in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, first of all, it's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? How are you? I am fantastic. Our interview with Joey was incredible. Um, I don't know what is is about. You're bending the space time continuum. We uh, we just did it, and then we're gonna put it in. Yeah, I, I, do people think that we? Uh, I, no, I, I didn't know, know that was. A th- I thought that was like you mentioned it already. I'm just figuring. Are we we are we we're getting to the interview. I got. Um, and I I just. I don't know what it is about oppressionists. I, I just love them. Like it's my one of my favorite forms of comedy. Like I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like the Saban he does and the Orgeron. And I like Colin Coward. I've always liked Colin Coward. I know people disagree with I, I, his, the way he does his job, whatever. But his his Colin is so it's so great. Like it's incredible. So I just appreciate his talent. And, and I mean, he was what a nobody when COVID started, and now he's got like three hundred thousand followers on Twitter, and he's at Barstool, and he's blowing up. So good for him. Yeah, good for him indeed, and um, and good for you, uh, Jeff Schwartz, because you get to unveil for the minus three listener this week's boosted bet presented by FanDuel. Lay it on us, why don't you there, Jeff Schwartz? All right, so the Giants play the Washington football team. We know they beat them by one earlier this year, right? The, the Washington football team went for two, did not convert. Now they covered. I bet Washington, so they'll take it. But we're going with the Giants here. To win this game, I think they win this game, but to cover plus two and a half, it's boosted up to plus 115 for our listeners. So that's fanduel.com slash minus three, Giants plus two and a half. There's many reasons why I like the Giants this week. Um, first of all, I, I kind of might have been wrong about Joe Judge. Might be a good coach. He's coaching these guys hard. They're playing really, really hard, right? They're playing hard. Their defense has been fabulous so far, and they've been really close in these games. Um, look, the reason they lost that game last weekend wasn't because of the officiating. It was because Daniel Jones didn't play very well. Washington's off a bye, have not been very good off a bye. Kyle Allen's not a good quarterback, so I get a good Giants defense. I get a, probably an angry Giants team. I kind of pissed off the way they lost the other day. If Daniel Jones just makes one less mistake, which is it's asking a lot, right, Eddie? Like, he's a Giants fan. One less mistake, they win this game. So, fando.com slash minus three. Get that, get that bet boost and get on the Giants. Eddie, do you feel good about well, wait, the Giants I, this weekend? I do. Hello, Eddie Spaghetti, and I do want to hear your thoughts on the, the state of these New York Giants and the NFC East in general. But quickly, short. Don't you feel like if you're the Giants, like you got a little bit of a raw deal? You get Washington, who hasn't played in two weeks. You have not just a week turnaround; you have the short week turnaround because that was Monday Night Football yeah. that they lost on. After all, yeah, that's not that shouldn't be scheduled that way. You I know, but there's a player the like you always nah, hear of that. No. That's always cited. No, is it a big deal that you have one no. less day to rest? No. Well, no, it's a big deal, but not really in the in the in the context of they have a week off, another week off. Like we don't really, I I mean. No, I, I would. I've played one Sunday game to a Saturday wild card game when I was with the Vikings. I wasn't. I didn't play any of those games, but yeah. And but nonetheless, I was on the team. I, you're fine. I mean, 
it's six days is good enough. I mean, you know, the four is quick turnaround when you play those Thursday games. Um, but you know, guys are just better at their bodies being prepared for the season, right? I mean, they just they do their nutrition's better, they they sleep better, they're 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 ready to go. And um, I think they're I think they're hungry, man. Like they they've been playing. I, I might have been wrong about Joe Judge. I, I'm I'm not quite sure yet, but this team plays hard, Dave. Like they they're not very talented right now. Um, and, and that Gettleman's got to fix that. And maybe someone else fixes that at some point. But this team plays really hard for their coach. Gents guy, Eddie Spaghetti, our New York Giants representative, actually times two with Schwartz, who actually wore big blue. But Spaghetti, where are you on specifically Danny Dimes? It's it's really tough. Um, Jeff Jeff is 100% right. It's it's lame to to blame the refs, even if the refs were wrong. And they were in this game versus the Bucks. They were wrong in the game versus the Cowboys. They were wrong in the game versus the Eagles. There's multiple instances oh, wait, of it. Wait, when you it say they're wrong, are you talking about that? You think it was P.I. on the two-point conversion? I think so, <clears throat> but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because Jeff, again, is right. It's Daniel Jones is putting them in position in a game where they were, I mean, the Bucks are as good as any NFC team, in my opinion, at least, and the Giants are right there with them. Uh, yeah. It was the best uh, game call by uh, Jason Garrett so far this year. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, is doing an outstanding yep. job, and, and Joe Judge is really getting the most out of this team that is really not that talented. Um, Daniel Jones is a guy with all the athleticism. He has the arm strength. He has the mobility. He has just zero spatial awareness, and that's unfortunately a humongous problem because that interception he threw in the second half of that game is just, a, you know, he had Darius Slayton wide open, would have walked into the end zone. And yeah. the, the Giants would have blew the doors off this team if, if they scored that touchdown right there. Instead, he rolls out a little bit to his right, gets a hand on him, can't get the ball out of bounds, and then it gets picked off. And then it just starts this whole thing where it's here you go again. It's Dan- Danny Dimes, uh, you know, turning yeah. the ball over. And, you, you know, they say they could fix turnovers in the NFL. I know, like, for Darnold, that was a huge thing when he was coming out. Like, he just throws too many picks. Um, I, I don't know. Is, is it a time thing with, with Jones that he just needs to learn, you know, the, 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 how to the move around the pocket more like Tom Brady can, is it because the offensive line has been so bad? Right. I think if they had the first overall pick, they still would not take Trevor Lawrence right now. I think oh from what God. I'm reading, what from a what I'm reading, mistake that would be. I, I, I'm just, I'm just if saying what I'm GM, They will not. If get is GM, I, I guarantee they will not look the thing Jones has to learn. And I don't know if this can be, taught like I, I think you kind of know this or, or you don't know this because Carson Wentz still has this problem is take an L on a play if a, if, if a play doesn't work you take a sack you throw the ball on the ground you move on to the next play like you, you can Carson Wentz is, is notorious for just continuing to play and force turnovers you don't have to do that Daniel Jones just do take a sack throw it away mm-hmm. like you have to know who your outlets are if the guy if this guy's not open here okay throw it away if this is open here here's my outlet like he doesn't do any of that and that's what i think i don't know if that can be taught or learned i feel like guys know how to do that because joe burr knows how to do that justin herbert knows how to do that like are you are you taught that or do you kind of just learn that on your own i want to mention one more thing to wrap up the giants real quick so i because I, people on twitter did not understand my point i made the other day about the giants game as a former player, I do not blame officials for losses, all right? I do not do that. I didn't blame the, the officials for the Saints-Rams game. Because as a player and as a coach, coach say this, you can only control what you can control in life, especially on the football field. So if you're a player, I can control how I block or how I throw or how I play or, or whatever else. I can't control what the refs do, right? So if I play the game that I should be playing, the refs do not matter, right? The Giants made the plays that they should have made, the, they would have not been in a situation 
to to get a, a DPI called against and gets picked up against them on the final play. If Jones throws that ball, he's supposed to throw the ball. It's an easy walk in for for Lewis as well. So I just like everyone's like the refs, the refs, and yeah, okay. It, it, I I'm not quite sure if it's still DPI. I feel like he might have got his. Well, it didn't matter. But the Giants had other opportunities to win the game, and you can't blame the refs all the time when you get screwed. And lastly, too, and you you, you guys are football fans, you know this. All the bad teams always get screwed, right? And the good teams never because the good teams make their own breaks, right? They play good football. So when a, a, a referee decision goes goes against them, they overcome that. The bad teams have no margin for error. So when a, a bad call goes against them, they lose the game. And so it's not the refs. The officials are human. They're going to make errors. You can control what you can control as a player or coach. That's all you worry about. I hear you. But I mean, to, to go back to where you were a couple of minutes ago, yeah, that, the 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 failure of uh, dimes on Monday night football. I, I really do, by the way, as a stupid uh, conspiracy theory, the, uh, the bucks wearing those bright red jerseys is what confused dimes for a second. He saw the DB flash behind um, who was it? Who was uh, running that? Uh, yeah. Junior. Winfield. F- no, the flash behind the, the would be pass catcher flashed. And that made dimes pat the ball one time too many before he threw it. Um, I will say that would be criminal on Gettleman's part if they did that, um, if they didn't take a QB, because let the, take the L on the play, you're right, Schwartz, except that the difference between middle class and high-end QB is the guy who can make that. Mahomes can extend the play. Russell right. Wilson, Roethlisberger at his best, Aaron Rodgers at his best. These are guys who do stuff that's off script. I don't blame Danny Dimes for thinking like, well, I got the wheels. I, that's what I'm here to do. If I want to be the, if I want to satisfy the the superlative that is elite, then I have to make those kind of plays. I get that it would be tough if you're that kid. I think the bottom line is though, we've seen enough. He is he's good enough. He 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 might be good enough to get him to the playoffs and make a little bit of hey. He's not one of those guys that is going to keep you in the running perennially. So I think. If you have a chance to turn the pages of the Giants, you should. I, I know it's a it's a sweet spot is to have a good QB on his rookie deal so that you can flesh out the roster. I just don't think Dimes is that guy who does that for you. I think if you can upgrade the, like you say, one of the big two kids that's going to be in the draft, um, I think you should do it. All right, listen, let's get to Joey here, and then we'll come back and give you our picks. Here he is, everybody. We're excited for this one. Mulinaro. All right, everybody, we've been uh, looking forward to this one for the last few days. He is uh, right up there in the calendar year 2020. Pretty grim um, a lot of ways for a lot of different people. But in my book, he's on the short list for breakout stars, along with um, the Tiger King and Peloton bikes and, I guess, Postmates deliveries. He is, of course, from Barstool Sports. Make sure you're checking out. Cup of Joey this week featuring the newest Pittsburgh Steeler, Avery Williamson. He's our pal now. It's Joey Mulinaro. How are you, man? Dave, Jeff, Eddie Spaghetti. It's so good to be with you guys. Um, I, I, I said before we came on, I, you know, we talk all the time on Twitter. We text. We, you know, and, and it's great to finally talk to you. I've been following both of you guys for a long, long time. Obviously, Dave, uh, for, for even longer than Jeff because of our Pittsburgh Steelers connection. Um, you know, the DDFP and all those things back in the day, uh, very, very big fan. So I'm super, super excited to be here. Oh, look at this mutual admiration. But of course, like I say, you really have broken big in this all time weirdo year. 
Um, do you, do, do you put yourself, I mean, do you kind of compare yourself like as a spiritual animal, uh, Carol Baskin and company? <laughs> yeah. It's weird that, uh, the tiger King now feels like it was like six years ago. Uh, that, that era of quarantine, um, being back in March or April or whenever that was. So, uh, I'm glad, I'm just glad that I didn't go as that for Halloween. I think a lot of people were expecting that with the hair and, uh, you know, I, I, I put on the mustache. I've done an impression of him back in, uh, again, in the spring and everything when that was hot. I think a lot of people were expecting that. I didn't do it. Thank God. Um, uh, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been weird that, uh, you know, this, this huge, uh, monumental, a uh, step in my uh, career uh, kind of really all started when everything was going to was going to crap. So uh, a little weird. Well, battle. If <laughs> I will say, if if I had to choose who to, I would take a, a a cross country road trip with you or Carol Baskin, I would take you <laughs> almost every time, almost <laughs> every time. Thank so, you. Uh, I don't know how she drives, but I, I think that your life would be, you know, uh, safer off with me than it would uh, with her. History would say. How do you explain to us how you, an Indiana guy, wound up being a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan? Yes, it's um, it's a question I get asked often, and rightfully so. Um, you know, I am very close to my dad. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm I'm his only son. Um, and shout and- out to Joe. Yeah, Big Joe. Yeah, he he um, you know, he he's a fan of you guys as well, and uh, he grew up a Steelers fan because in Indianapolis. The Colts weren't here until 1984. So when the Steelers were putting the you know together the best run, the best teams in NFL history in the 70s, he's like, well, of course I'm gonna root for the Steelers, right? So he he took the Steelers. His little brother took the Cowboys. They're both still fans of those teams uh, to this day. Um, because by the time the Colts got here, he was already a teenager and he was set in his ways. And um, thank God he was. And so from, you know, I mean, literally my childhood, I mean, I, I tweeted out a picture I don't know, a couple months ago, of me when I was like two or three years old and a full Steelers, uh, you know, giddy up with the helmet and everything. And uh, it's a very, very big part of um, my life, the, the Molinero clan's life. Uh, you know, it's we, we go to the Church of the Steelers on Sunday in the fall. Uh, so it's, it's a very, very big deal. Do you remember the moment that? Yeah, well, yeah, we know it depends what Dave always switches rooms depending on who is who our guest is. If it's just nobody, if it's just me, he gets a, a blank a blank wall behind me. When it's you, he gets his Pittsburgh Wall of Fame. Like, do you remember like the moment as a kid though, uh, a Steelers moment where you're like, man, like this is this is my passion. Because look, I, I was you know, I was a Lakers fan. Um, I was a I was a Giants fan as a kid. Like, I have moments in my head where like, oh wow, I became a Lakers fan. Or I became a Giants fan. What mm-hmm. was the moment for you where like I became a Steelers fan? I've um, two then when I was very young that I can remember very well um, that one was a, a, a bad, uh, bad thing. And then one was a good thing. Uh, the 2001 AFC championship. I remember being so excited for that. Um, yeah. You had the gold end zones and you were you know going to beat the Pats at home. And it was just, you know, it, it was the greatest thing ever. Um, obviously it didn't work out, but I just remember like that. We had the, the early kickoff and then the sun was shining brightly in Pittsburgh and it was just, it was beautiful. I was like, this is freaking awesome. Didn't work out too well. Um, and then I believe the next year. Yeah. Uh, the, the AFC wildcard game against the Browns. Um, when, when we mounted that comeback, uh, in, in the second half and, um, you know, you had uh, the two. You had Antoine Randall finding Heinz Ward, and then a two-point conversion, and and, and Heinz Field just going, you know, up up in arms, and of course being the Brownies. Uh, those were very big. Um, obviously, 
Now, Big Ben's rookie year, 15 and one. Um, you know, the, the Jets thriller that we eked out and another heartbreaker in the AFC title game. Uh, and then, of course, 2005, that, that magical run going, you know, first six seed ever. I mean, th- those are probably four or five of the, the ones that really, you know, set well, that play. in Indianapolis, no less. That was the yeah. signature game. The Vander Jack missed the Roethlisberger tackle and all that. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy that you refer to those as as uh, very early memories that you kind of recall. <laughs> I was in Heinz Field in January of <laughs> two watching that heartbreaker to yeah. the Patriots, really the dawn of the dynasty of the Steelers win that one as they were supposed to there's a decent chance that uh that the brady run never really gets going in in new england as yep. far as that goes you're, you're exactly right i that your old man and i are probably about the same age i'm guessing um that was the premise people remember lakers celtics uh, i don't actually Schwartz, were you even old enough for that either? Both of you guys are so young, and Spaghetti definitely doesn't remember they, it. I mean, you, they they did play each other twice, back to back finals in eight and nine. It's not like they they never had any sort of rivalry as as a kid. I mean, they did play two years in a row in the finals. I, I was barely a lot. You know, I was born eighty six, so it wasn't like you know Larry Bird was kind of near the end when I was. Oh really my young. god, I'm so, so like, old. So like I, I but I, I know the rivalry. They like I said, they played two years in a row. Boston won the first year, Lakers won the next year, the Ron Artest game, the the no 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 yes shot. Like I, I remember all of it. Yes. I can't believe that, that that that's what you when I say Celtics Lakers, that's what you think of. It really makes me feel what do you decrepit. Mean, that's what I think of you asked me that's what I, I know. I'm not I'm years old the last time they played in the nineties. What do you call I'm, I'm honoring you. I'm I'm I am i am i am talking down on myself for my for my dang old age. Of course in the eighties though. It, whatever NBA team you liked, uh, Joey, you're you're a Pacers fan. But if you were in 1985 and a Pacers fan, which would uh, hard to imagine that one existed, but you right. would have liked either the Celtics or the Lakers. I guess you would have liked uh, 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 the Celtics because Larry Bird from French Lick and all that. But before that, like your old man, if you were a fan of the NFL, you had your you had your local team, and then you were required by football law to choose either the Steelers or the Cowboys. So it's awesome that uh, you know, that your old man and his brother were a house divided over that. That's exactly what it was. I mean, they, they were the two giants of pro football for the 20th century, and the fact that Bradshaw got over on Staubach twice in the 70s defined the Steelers as the greatest dynasty. It really is. That's, uh, that's funny that that's uh, the way it landed in your uh, your old man's house, too. Yeah, yeah, and they still are to this day. Um, you know, uh, we're trying to get my uncle down to, to Dallas to um, – he hasn't been in the new one yet. He's been he, – he was he obviously went to the old Cowboy Stadium. He hasn't been in the new one. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal on both sides. And it's funny, actually, you, you're talking about the dynasties and how everybody was required. Uh, Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, at my previous job here in Indianapolis, he would come in for like once a year at our radio station and do like an in-person uh, interview, you know, for like an hour or whatever. And then I was in there a part of it and doing some behind the scenes stuff. And I was wearing Steelers gear. And of course, everybody's like, hey, you can wear Steelers gear when the Colts GM's coming in. I was like, I don't know. He's not going to care. Funny enough, when he saw me, he said, oh, yeah, I, I, I myself was a huge Steelers fan growing up in Houston. And so there you go. Everybody was Oilers fans back then, but he was a Steelers guy. So it just shows it was it's a national thing. They don't call it Steelers Nation for nothing. It's it really is uh, super weird. All right. I, I don't listen. I'm loath to make you come in here and dance like a monkey for us because you do because uh, you do the great voices. I'm sure you um, it's it's, I guess, a special version of celebrity. You always hear like Daniel Day Lewis bellyache about like, 
I didn't get into this, uh, you know, for for the trappings. Like, well, but you knew it was part of it, right? Like, you, you you're not surprised though, are you? But also, like, when you were practicing in the mirror, or otherwise, um, I bet you didn't account for like everywhere you walk, anywhere you go. Maybe that's the silver lining of COVID for you is that you're not out and about on the streets every day because. <laughs> Because once society fully opens back up, I suspect you're not going to be able to take two and a half steps without being stopped on the street. Like, come on, do, do, do your do this voice for us. What is the most requested at this point? Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's um, so in this in this covid world with the restrictions. Yeah, that, that has been a positive. But in Indianapolis, we have been able to open up at least to where. You know, wearing a mask and socially distance and limited occupancy. So I've been able to get out uh, around here. But um, the, the most uh, requested has to be uh, cow herd. People, people. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm surprised. That's I would have guess Saban would have been my I would have put the, the odds on that. Yeah, no, either 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 cow herd or I just get somebody who goes, you know, who gives me like a go Tigers and then I got to, you know, rip it uh, back to them. Um, so. Those are two. Those are probably the two most requested. Um, and yeah, I actually one time uh, over the summer, I was at a uh, you know local watering hole here with my buddies and and some my wife and some of our ladies and everything, and just a regular night having fun on the weekend, whatever in this socially distanced world. And I was at the bar waiting for a drink and with one of my buddies, and uh, this group of college kids or younger guys comes up and everything, and. You know, I'm all for it. I'm, I, I love it. Like you said, Dave, that's part of it. Like, you know, I would anybody would be lying. I would be lying 100 percent if I said that, like, part of the reason I wanted to do all this stuff wasn't to be able to have people say, hey, love what you do, blah, blah, blah. So 100 percent. Anytime. Love that. But these guys come up to me and they're like, oh, do cowherd, man, do cowherd. We need some cowherd. And like, you know, sometimes I'm just I, I, I just don't want to do it. Right. Like when I'm having what I when I'm when I'm having drinks with my buddies or whatever. So I'm just like. Hey guys, like I really appreciate it. You know, I'm just here with my friends. Like I don't think I'm gonna do that uh, tonight. Like I'm sorry, but and uh, and so you could tell they were kind of dejected and everything. And I was like, whatever. Like I just I just didn't want to do it. So then about two hours later, um, I'm walking home downtown or something. I check my DMs on Twitter. Oh, and this guy, <laughs> this, guy says, going. this guy says, you know, you're not as cool as you, I thought you would be. And I'm like. <laughs> Uh, okay. Like I was just so thrown. I was like, I'm sorry. Like what? He's like, yeah, man. Next time somebody asks you to do an impression in public, you need to embrace that shit. Don't don't turn away from it. Blah blah blah. I was like, so the guy who I turned down or one yes. of the dudes got so upset about it that he had the liquid courage two hours later to message me and tell me that I'm not as cool as he thought because I wouldn't you know be as sick as public. <laughs> Uh, so that, that's that's some things that you run into, but um, yeah, I mean, anytime you know, like I was up in Purdue a couple weekends ago, and uh, you know, so you had some kids who were just like on Snapchat, do cowards. So I just gave them a little, and then they just go crazy, and uh, it's all fine and dandy. But um, yeah, those are the two most requested right now. I'm glad you said that, by the way, because I it's a pet peeve of mine, and people in public will get angry at me because I, I talk for a living like this is what I do, right? Sometimes when I just go to the grocery store, I just want to go to the grocery I don't want to talk about football. I just want to go for 15 yeah. minutes, get my stuff, and gather. Like, if I don't talk to you at the grocery store, it's because I don't want to talk about football. Like, I don't want to yeah. ask how the Panthers are doing. I, like, it's, yeah. not, it's not what so I want to do. So, I, Packers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'll, so I'll back you up there. When, when you started doing the impressions and putting them on social media, um, 
like what was your goal? Was it to have a job at Barstool? Was it was it to get a comedy? Like what was your your goal? Because I'm always fascinated to kind of learn like how people start their journeys in this media. And also, and also with that chicken or the egg, was it like were you 11 or eight or whenever? And you're like, I have a real gift for this. I should go into this for a living. <laughs> you know, uh, right, right, yeah, yeah. So um, to to Dave's because then I think it answers um I, I think it answers Jeff's uh yeah so I, I always say I was kind of like the, the the living room impersonator the living room comedian like um whether it be like teachers at school or coaches that we had or friends parents or whatever you know um I always just seemed to have a little bit of a knack to get down their mannerisms or their voice or whatever and then make people laugh from it and um, you know, so I always enjoyed doing it. My buddies and my family, they always, you know, kind of knew me as that and everything. But then I was like, um, you know, to, to Jeff's point, that's like, okay, when you're coming up of age, it's what do we want to do? What do we want life to be about? What do we, we want to figure this out uh, to do here? And um, at the core of it, you know, there's a, you know, a deeper level, like, it, it, you know, I, I found my purpose in terms of just wanting to make people laugh and then and, and bring some joy uh, to people in the world. And one of the ways that I, I, you know, figured I could do that is and found that I was able to do that is by doing impersonations of people. And I was like, well, I, you know, maybe some original characters can come out of these coaches or whatever. Um, but if I wanted to, you know, kind of making a career out of this, then I probably should try to, you know, test out or, or nail down some people who are in the public eye. Um, so I combined those things. And then, um, you know, I, I started trying to go after, not go after, but uh, attempt people who haven't been done as much, you know, everybody's got a, a Madden or, or Gruden or whatever it is. So I just, you know, started trying to mix those things up and, and, you know, found a little bit of a recipe for success. So um, that's always been the thing, you know, I always grew up loving Jimmy Fallon and, and, and Dana Carvey and, um, you know, Saturday Night Live. So that was always like, man, what, how awesome that be to be able to impersonate people and do comedy and, you know, do it for a living. Like that, that's incredible. So um, th that was always kind of the, you know, the goal. It how is awesome. I love the idea that, that right, that Jimmy Fallon is a, a, a pretty good impressionist himself. And Dana Carvey is a little underrated in that, uh, in that regard too. He's more, he's more cartoon version of the people he does impressions of. But I think that has been, part of the trick for my unnecessary critique is that you landed on doing voices that you never hear. That's what stands out is we we've, we've seen, there were some rote voices out there and you uh, unveiled a whole new group of characters. And that's, I feel like a, a big part of it. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, well, I, you know, um, again, and there's been some crossover, you know, Caliendo does, does Kuiper and, and I, and I like to do Kuiper and, 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 um, you know, there's, there's crossover with anything, you know, different people do Tucker Carlson or whatever it is. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy uh, doing those. And, and I think it's a recipe of not only doing uh, kind of newer impersonations, but then writing that goes into it. And then one of the things that I always looked at is like, you know, a show like SNL or a show like Matt TV, like they don't have time to, absolutely like perfect every nuance and instance of, of these people, you know, they write a skit on Tuesday. You have to have it ready for rehearsal on Thursday and you got to be able to rip it on Saturday. So you better figure it out quickly. Um, so that's always something I pride myself on is like, okay, like some people want to get up in arms about them and that's fine. You know, that's being the, you know, the public eye. Like I get it. But at the same time, I have full faith that if I was on a show like that, that they could say, Hey, Joey, we need you to be, um, you know, uh, Chris Wallace from Fox News. And I could say, OK, give me a night. And then I could, you know, watch film of him for a night 
And by Wednesday on rehearsals or whatever it was, I would be able to pull off a respectable Chris Wallace. Like those are the kind of things that, uh, that goes into it. Um, now I'm just kind of rambling about my process, but no, I love it. It's, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's interesting to everybody. I mean, of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that, that's the big thing for me is, uh, finding new people, not only impersonating them, but putting them in instances like Collinsworth ordering from Starbucks or, um, you know, uh, Cowherd talking to his wife or whatever it is that, um, you know, brings some more comedy besides just the straight up impression. <laughs> Do, do they like it? I know Colin Coward has retweeted you a couple of times. He seems to to enjoy it, but have you have you heard feedback? Because the Colin, I I love love Colin forever, and yeah. I, I think those are just the the little laugh you do, and then the part about the Colin was right. It, it's is, does he like that? Like I, I know he's reached out before. Does he like the impressions? You know, Uncle Colin and me have a very weird relationship. Um, he knows that I exist. He knows who I am. He knows about my impersonations. His daughter follows me on Twitter. She sh- he says he said on a show that he you know they, they all his kids show him uh, the impressions he has retweeted me uh, my boss Eric Nardini went on his podcast and they actually talked about me uh, towards the end of the show and it's the most cowherd thing ever because uh, when he referred to me he, he he didn't know my last name and I'm like you know my last name Colin like you 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 know me guy but he was like he was like oh yeah that that Joey guy, he's funny. Like he, he, he didn't know he didn't know my last name. I was like, you know my last name, dude. But that's kind of like the uh, the ego on Cowherd. I think that like he he wants me to know that I that he knows who I am, but he doesn't want to like be fully in on the joke. You know. I do. By the way, just to go back a couple of minutes, I think it's funny that people come up to Joey. And we'll say, do do Saban or whomever. Yeah. And people will come up to me. My weird cross to bear in life is people will walk up to me on the street and just complete strangers and go, shame, right? And I'm like, yeah, that, I don't know. That, that hurts my feelings. Do people <laughs> come up to you, Jeff Schwartz, and uh, and want to block you? Like, do people like, come uh, on, stop my I, swim move, big guy, come on. I had this guy, my neighbor's friend, come over um, to the house. He was been drinking all day. And he's like, man, like, like, let's just do it. Like, let's have a one-on-one rep. And I was like, I and, and first of all, he's like, he's like, dude, like, I'm like 205 and you're like 220. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know, I'm like, first of all, I'm 340. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, he's like, well, look, I just get knocked over. Like what, whatever. I'm like, man, I will hit you. So you don't even, if we get in a stance, I will hit you so fast. You won't even know what happened. Like you will get, you'll be, he's like, oh, but then I just fall down. I'm like, what's the upside for me? Why do I, what's the upside of, of blocking a drunk person on my lawn on a Saturday night? Like, so it doesn't happen very often. Um, but every now and then like it, like in a clinic or like I do some clinics every now and then with kids and I'll get like in a stance and like hit a bag and the kids are like, <laughs> like, you'll see their faces like, Oh, like, Oh, like, Oh, like that's what, it, that's what like an actual, like how you punch a bag. So not a lot of people do that, but this drunk guy, Oh dude, it was, oh, yeah, it was at, what, at what point in your life, like, uh, what was it? Was it uh, being married? Was it having kids when, because I know when you were in college or maybe just out of college, you know, they, because my good friend that I grew up with Cole Toner, he's an offensive lineman for the Los Angeles chargers yeah. first start on Sunday. So I've been there multiple times when in college, We've had the, the old the old drunk off. Let's go out in the front yard, and uh, I want to get pinned by a college or an NFL lineman, and he was glad to do it. So, at what point in your life 
was it that we're, we're, you know what? we're not doing that anymore now i'm kind of growing. this may this may result in me getting uh, assault and battery charges i yeah. better not do this anymore um it probably i mean probably when i like i kind of just like stopped drinking about when i was like 22 or 23 um so probably then like i just stopped doing that and also because like my wife is the fiery one, like she would just do it for me. Like if someone was like, Hey man, like, let's, let's go after it. She just like punch a dude in the face. Like, she, like she's like, she's like, she's the fiery one, man. Yeah. I'm just laid back. Like I, I played my career. I don't need to, it's one thing too. Like, I think the older you get, like the more I realize, like, I don't need to like prove anything to anyone. People are like, well, just prove to me. You can block me. I go, I was in NFL for eight years. I don't have to prove to you. I know how to block you. Like, what is this? What is this? Like, what do you have to prove to a random person? I can block them on the street. Like, it's ridiculous. That, that's another thing. Uh, yeah. That, that cracks me up is that, you know, um, people feel like they know me just because they follow me, which I'm sure yeah. you guys are all aware of. So, uh, people feel like it's their right or their duty to, um, you know, when we're out somewhere, either, you know, once they get past the Joey, Hey man, uh, love your stuff. Oh, thanks dude. Hey, by the way, that cow herd would sound a little Steinfeldy to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who, who are you? What? I mean, like what? I mean, it's, 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 it's hilarious. I mean, the it is are, crazy. It, I mean, that, that, when I was right, I remember having a conversation with a well-intentioned pal and uh, is a like, yeah, you're writing on the Kimmel show. Like for me, this was, you know, this was the peak of the mountain. I, you know, I gr- grew up watching David Letterman. I'm writing on a late night television show. And yeah. this guy told me, he's like, I mean, that's, you know what though? You should really see if you could get on the daily show with Jon Stewart. Cause we really <laughs> like that. We really think that's like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> What, what kind of what kind of critiques are these? I don't care. Um, I do. Um, it, you know, if you want to work in some voices, whatever. But because I'm a vain guy, Joey, yeah. I don't want you to dance for us. I want to dance for you. You what? are the expert after Ooh. all. You're the gold standard. I want to run by you. I, I've developed a Chris Berman over the years, a boomer Berman. And I want to see it, it, how you feel at the professional level. It checks out like that. Give me a second to get into it. Like, okay, here we go. All right. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Teach, 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 teach. You, you got air. Teach. You got Aaron Rodgers. You, you, you got Russell Wilson. Here's what he does. He he interrupts himself to make a point. That's what he does. So he goes, he goes like, yeah, teach, you, you, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Russell Wilson, you got Patrick Mahomes. Look. There are, there, there, are, there are a lot of great quarterbacks in pro football. But Ben Roethlisberger's putting something pretty special together on the banks of the three rivers. This just in, Big Ben is good at football. Back on the blitz. That was really good. But I know I can, I can do better. I can do better. I know I can. You're, you're. I mean, yeah, your, your, your teach really got me. That was like, mm-hmm. wow, this Thank is uh, the the look that that's that was that was spot on. Exactly what he does. I I, I really enjoyed that. I, I I liked it a lot. Can you do uh, Collinsworth? You know, it's like I can. I, so that's one. Like, there's few. There's probably seven to ten that I could eh, probably like seven or eight that I could just like rip just. You know, do this one, bam, no problem. But Collins were still one of those that, like, I would have to do a few takes, you know, kind of listen back. I'm still working on getting it to the point to where it's just like on. He's like, ah, 
Uh, we, we've been working on that. Uh, Cousin Sal and I have been working on our uh, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, I got I to tell you, Al. Like, yeah. everybody, he's got to tell us. He's like, yeah. just, just tell us, man. You don't got yeah, to preface it with letting you, us like, know you you're about crutches. to tell us. Like, when I've called games before. You have, like, crutches. Like, that's his crutch to, like, get the word out. Like, to get what yeah. I, he's saying. Like, I do that all the time when I break down the, all the film. Like, I always say, like, I, I forget what the line is. I'm always like, this is the thing that, it, that I, just, like, I just have to say it. Like, I get, yeah. I get him having to do that. Because he does yep. all these guys do it. Um, I got to tell you, here's a guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> here's a guy, yeah. Who's the 3-1? Here's, here's him a and, guy, well, yeah. Him and Owen Wilson, they're handshaking on wow. You know, you got that Owen Wilson with a wow. And then you get Colin with a wow. I do love their, their, all coaches, things I've noticed, and then ex-football players who go into the booth. Every their, their superlative is never anything other. They never say terrific or great or anything else. It's always outstanding. Yes. Everything's that's an outstanding young football player. And they also no coach says gonna or going to. It's always I'm going to tell you. It's going to tell you. I don't know what that's about either. Have you noticed that? Because you do. I'm going to tell you. That young fellow right there. Like, it's all going to tell you. I don't get that. You know how many times my dad has said to me that when I do interviews, I have to, to pronounce going Cause like they'll write like gonna like they'll write in a like interview that I do they're like they'll write G O N N A if I don't yeah. say going to and my dad reminds you all the time is you can't say gonna you have to say going to so maybe it's just a football thing like you just like I don't know just like try to blurt your words out as fast as possible with, with, with the chew in and it just doesn't come out the right way. Also, the overkill of football. Uh, we're football broadcasters broadcasting a football game of players playing football. Uh, <laughs> I like Lewis Riddick. He's he's really good and insightful, but he is the greatest. Uh, he is the most guilty of that of anybody going right now. That's a football player in this football game right now. That's a good football play. Yeah, that's the, 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 that's the scout background. Like that's this how, football it, team. That's how they talk. Football player making football plays on a football field. Well, you know? teach, teach. You got you, you got sharp cheddar. <laughs> you, you you got gouda. You got pro. Look, there are a lot of great cheeses, <laughs> but. Uh, but Asiago, <laughs> pretty tangy. Can you do the uh, Can you do the Berman behind the scenes when he's yelling at the uh, at the, uh, the, no, what was, the it wasn't, uh, I'll do it myself. Will you get out of the oh, background? So <laughs> I've been I've been to ESPN on Sundays and sat in the in the room that everyone watches games. And Berman is a hoot. He he is. He sits in that front row, man, and just they all like all kind of older guys there. Mortensen, Bur- they just let it go, man. They just say whatever's on their mind. It is so funny. I just sat in the back, like no one knew who I was. I sat next to RC, me and Ryan Clark. Would, well, Ryan, they know who Ryan is, but I'm just like sitting in the back row by myself and like just kind of observing everything. RC's and this dude, the, the guys in the front, Berman just says the most outrageous. It's like the show on like a thousand drive. It's hilarious. I'd like to hear. Joey, I know I said I don't want to make you dance, but I want you to dance. Can you do, um, like, uh, could you, I, and, and, and dealer's choice, Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, maybe both of them. Maybe they could have a conversation about, uh, a, like, um, fonts and stuff, you know, like, a, you know, oh. the, uh, uh, you know, laptop fonts. Laptop. <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft Word fonts. Well, I'm not sure either of them even know what a laptop is Fair. that that are uh, available there uh but yeah i mean we can give it a shot uh so they're talking fonts oh he loses the hat now we know it's business time it's go time <laughs> all right so they're having a conversation about fonts here we go 
Well, I mean, Coach, Coach Ogeron, I don't really know. I don't have time to look at all these fonts. Is that what they're saying? Everybody talking about fonts on a computer? I still handwrite my letters. I, I don't have time to get on a computer, let alone type out anything in a font. Well, Coach Saban, I got to say, my favorite font to use is the Tiger font. It don't come on any other computer except mine. I'm up to date with the computers. I get special Tiger font because, of course, go Tigers. Excellent. That's uh, that's the extent of it. It's so talented, man. Like I have no talents. Like I like my talents like watching football. Like I have like nothing. Like I'm so impressed. You had a pretty good talent. Played football for a long time. Yeah, sure. I like that shorts. I like that shorts is like don't when I'm at the grocery store. That's that's my church. Don't yes. be coming. Don't come in here and talk to me about football. That's that's my trade. My passion <laughs> is food. Now you're getting in my path with that. You, <laughs> right. You, you, right. You, you, you got Times New Roman. You got Helvetica. You got you, you got winged it. Look, there are a lot of font. <laughs> anyway, um, that was uh, that was awesome. Uh, we're, we're holding you up too long already, uh, Joe. We appreciate no, all no, the time. No. Just as an indie kid, I'm curious, though, just quickly back to our uh, our mutual favorite uh, pro football team there. It must be a trip because you're a Purdue guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went to Indiana University, and so yep. right in between us there is uh, where you're where you reside now. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean, or you're probably too young? Uh, I once went to Ross Aid Stadium to watch the Pitt Panthers, where my old man was working, and was down there with the Pitt Panthers with Jeff George as the Purdue QB. He threw two touchdowns right out of the gate, and then Pitt whipped them after that. But I remember on the other sideline, there was Rod Woodson in one shade of, of black and gold, if you will, for the Boilers. Then he moves over to Pittsburgh. You're too young for Woodson to be your favorite. So who is your favorite Steeler out there? I have a lot of respect for Rod, Rod Woodson um, because of all those things you mentioned. Fellow Hoosier, uh, born and raised Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, my wife's dad actually went to high school with him. Um, so a wild tie there, Boiler, Steeler. A lot of respect for Rod Woodson, big fan, hell of a player. Um, my favorite all-time Steeler, though, has to be uh, um, Troy Polamalu. Um, I just, you know, growing up in that age, I mean, the 05 run that he had was just uh, just unbelievable. And, and so many highlight-worthy plays and just a good dude, you know, off the field and a guy that you can look up to. And, um, I mean, the hair, I mean, just everything, man. I mean, Troy P, that's, that's, that's hard to get away from there. Uh, but there's just so many, uh, man. I mean, whether it's, you know, Big Ben still going strong. Um, obviously, Troy Palomalu, like I said. Um, Heinz Ward, that was big for me, you know, uh, in my coming of age with the Steelers days. But I, I have to give the nod to Troy P. I think you, um, yeah, you got a, but for a Steelers guy, you got some um, some Yager like uh, locks going there with the, the flax yeah. and hair. Or maybe that's your homage to Palomalo, as best a, a flax and haired indie kid can possibly do. Right. No, it's uh, not we're bad. Going, we're, uh, we're over a year now with the hair, not cutting it. Um, I said I was going to cut it when LSU lost. Oh, I didn't say I, w- I was going to. I said I wasn't wasn't going to cut it until LSU lost. Obviously, they're uh, in the trash this year, and I still have the hair. Um, so I don't want to put that on the Steelers, but uh, I just like it. You know, I'm, I'm rolling with it, and I like the flow. Uh, last thing for uh, for uh, you guys is. Um with uh, with Joey here. What do you think about? I know we talked well, obviously where you're from, but hometown kid Ben Denucci, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's own, is spared 
the chance to play against the Steel Curtain, the number one pass rush. Is did did fellow Pittsburgher Mike McCarthy do Danucci a favor, or is this depriving him of a, a, of a singular opportunity in life? How say you, Joey? You know, I think he's doing a bit of a favor because then he gets to see his his childhood team uh, up close and personal, the best seat in the house, right there on the sideline. Um, they know they're not going to win the game. He know he doesn't have to compete against them, so now he can just take in his uh, his his childhood team. Uh, in the best way possible. So, yeah, I think it's a little nod from uh, one Pittsburgh native to another there. I think to, that's uh, right. Not not throw Danucci out there. I mean, that would be I, – I think about that sometimes. If I ever had the ability like Jeff Schwartz to to a play in the NFL growing up as big of a Steelers fan as I, as I was, I mean, I, I, you know, that would be very hard for me. I, I don't know if I'd be able to cross, you know, lines like that. So uh, I can imagine it would be very difficult to compete against uh, your childhood team. One thing for, for both you guys, because I know you're obviously huge Steelers fans. This is a prime spot for a Mike Tomlin team to have a letdown. A big road favorite over the yes. years. They've had plenty of these. I think Dallas is, is too bad for this to happen. But are you guys worried at all? Like, uh, like maybe this is one of those games where you just don't show up. I think Dallas, again, is too bad to like even worry about. But like, did, are you guys worried about this? The number's 13 and a half last I looked at it this morning. I mean, yeah, a couple it, of years ago, you were favored by like 11 in Oakland. Straight up. I know you're talking straight up. This yeah. is not this is not a a minor blip in the decade and a half success story of Coach Tomlin as as the 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 runner that the, the kryptonite is bad teams on the road. This pap that national media and even local media in Pittsburgh is spreading around like look look out 72 Dolphins like what, what do you have you not paid attention? They always lose to a team that they're not supposed to lose to. By definition, that's the way it goes, right, Joey? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've said uh, this this whole week leading up. You know, I've had different people tweeting at me and whatnot, and I've said, hey, the last two weeks were a litmus test for the Steelers in terms of you know uh, you know hierarchy in the AFC and where they stand. Um, you know, in terms of of being one of the best teams in the NFL, this is a different kind of litmus test. This is one that me and Dave are too familiar with with exactly all those things that you just said. If they come out and they kind of putz around and Big Ben's looking sloppy and the defense is blowing coverages, then I'm going to be like, okay, same old, same old. You know, this isn't as mentally tough or as buttoned up as the Steelers team as I thought it was. But I think they've been incredibly mentally tough over the last three weeks, uh, really this entire season, but especially the last three weeks. So if they do like I think they will, hopefully. I predicted 34-13 to the final score. Um, they come out like that, then then we'll know that, okay, this is a team that really, really is on a mission and they're not letting any week go by without letting everybody else know. Let's keep it in the family. Last thing, Joey, is, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeff has a, a younger brother um, and his younger brother's a Super Bowl champion. How yeah. that impacts Jeff's, uh, you know, self-esteem, let, let's leave that aside. Do you think, <laughs> do you think that the Steelers, can realistically, if that, let's not get crazy and get ahead of ourselves, but a lot of people are now saying, oh, the one team that can beat the Chiefs. All right, so the question he's going to ask is, can the Steelers beat the Chiefs? Um, you go first. I'll, I'll, and I'll, I have a good, I, you know I me. Mean, I've been on the Steelers bandwagon since August. So I've, been, I've been up there. Did you, can, can they beat the Chiefs? Uh, uh, yes, they can. Um, if that's the question, they can. Um, I, I think that um, you, you, you look at, 
Uh, obviously, what the Steelers do well, and now they they rush the passer. They can rush the passer without bringing a whole lot of people. Um, then then it would just be on you know the the secondary to stay on their p's and q's and and not um, you know let somebody get over the top or or, or blow too many coverages like we saw kind of against Baltimore yeah. in the second half. Um, you know, I, I home field's not going to be too big of a thing, too big of a thing, uh, right? Because of, yeah. um, you know, not having too many fans. So whether it's in Kansas City or Pittsburgh, you would think Pittsburgh uh, would be obviously a, a better advantage for them. But um, yeah, they can beat the Chiefs. Um, it's a, you know, it's not a bold statement by saying this, but I mean, repeating uh, a Super Bowl champion is, is a yeah. hard thing to do. You know, that's why it, <laughs> does it, it doesn't happen very often. So, um, I think they can beat the Chiefs. I, I hope that we get to that point where it's Chiefs Steelers. I think that'd be a, a hell of a game. Um, but yeah, they can beat them. I think. I, I said that the yesterday on Twitter that the, the Steelers could. They have, there's, there's an easy path for for them to beat the Chiefs, and Chiefs fans got all angry with me. And the path is what you said, right? It's a Super Bowl, but you finish the game, right? It's you hit Pat Mahomes, you force turnovers, and you just finish, right? The Niners did not finish that game. They're up 2010 with seven minutes left. I was in the crowd. I I tweet out like. This one's over. They're going to run the ball, and the game's over. Like I thought yeah. it was over, and Pittsburgh's yeah. done a good job so far this year, close, sometimes closing football games. The Titans game was a little close there. Uh, all right, Joey, we appreciate you joining us. Um, poor Dave has disappeared. He's gone off. He's had too much fun with this. Uh, thank you very much. We look forward to catching up with you again. Absolutely, guys. It was a blast. Great talking to you, and uh, go Steelers. Oh, good times. I'm sorry about that. My power went out. I don't know what happened there. Did you say nice things about me while I was I, gone? No, I, I said that this, of course, was going to happen to someone your age trying to use StreamYard. This is just a typical, <laughs> typical thing. I deserve so, that. Um, I deserve that. Yeah, you did. So my my uh, no, uh, my peer group of uh, Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron feel my pain. Um, <laughs> so all right, let's get into it here. And by the way, thanks again to Joey. Uh, you know, he said that his. Uh, that he wants to bring a little joy to the world. I think he's more than done that uh, in the in 2020, yeah, especially when all of us fantastic. are sitting on sitting on our laptops and everything else. Uh, so thank goodness for uh, for guys like that cracking wise um, in these uh, rugged times. But let's talk about college football. That's also a bright spot here in 2020, more or less, especially. If you're from the home state of Joey Molinaro and from my alma mater, the yes. Indiana Hoosiers, two and zero in the Big Ten. Here comes Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Somehow the Wolverines are only given two and a half here. Maybe that's disrespect to the Hoosiers. Either way, where do you come down on this one, Schwartz? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Michigan here. No offense to Indiana. Um, All right. Uh, I just, uh, I look, Michigan, that was an, an embarrassing loss. I mean, Harbaugh, Harbaugh is good. His teams are good, I should say, against everyone besides his rivals. Like, they, they always beat everyone else. They just can't beat Michigan State and Ohio State. So I think they beat Indiana here. Like, this, this number would be what? Six or seven if Indiana if Michigan wins that game, probably. I mean, I think people are, are jumping on Indiana right here because great point. No, um, I also Indiana got a break last week, it wouldn't matter. But where was the backwards? Uh, excuse me, the, where was the forward pass for Rutgers in that game? I didn't see that. That's a great play Rutgers made. Yeah, I think that would have given, uh, if nothing else, would have given the Scarlet Knights uh, the cover. The cover, so um, yeah, that's how well. Listen, Michael Penix, don't sleep on him as a Heisman candidate if he knocks off Michigan. Um, Heisman uh, candidates, Trevor Lawrence, probably off that list now. He's not playing this weekend. Eddie Spaghetti, start us off with your beloved Notre Dame um, team there getting five and a half against the backup. 
yeah, I'm very excited. I was excited for this game even with Trevor Lawrence if he played uh, because I think that Notre Dame's offensive line is so damn good and their defense is so good that they had a legitimate shot. Um, now with Trevor Lawrence not playing and you bring in a guy who is still is a phenomenal football player, he's a five-star recruit. I think he was the number two player overall, number one quarterback coming into uh, this class. Um, but the difference is, is Trevor Lawrence could be an NFL QB right now and he's experienced. He's he's a national title winner. Um, having a, a freshman play with not, without the experience and you're playing Notre Dame's defense and uh, I think it's gonna be a tough tough time for him and I do think that Notre Dame they control the clock by moving the ball running the ball um, and Ian Book makes plays when he has to I think it's actually gonna be a really good day for Notre Dame it's gonna be a close one but I will pick Ooh. the Irish to win I, I'll, I will I'll counter you here for a second um, Clemson got there like oh shit Trevor Lawrence is not playing first half out of the way against Boston College like they like they got that like and DJ the 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 kid you mentioned I can't pronounce his last name I'm sorry mm-hmm. he was number one recruit in the country I know because yeah. Oregon was after him and you know, he left yeah. Southern California there's a big long story to get into about that of recruits leaving the area in California going going to the south yeah he was a Bosco right yeah. yeah but nonetheless he's a good football player like he's yes. a good football player um, and I think they got that like oh shit Trevor Lawrence is not playing half out of their system. And they're going to be fired up to play Notre Dame. And when they played this year, and they played some like Syracuse was like, Neh. when they played hard against Miami, they kicked the shit out of Miami. All right. My problem with this game for you guys is Ian Book. Ian Book is is not is not progressing his career enough to where he can compete. You know, compete in my opinion against this Clemson defense. That's totally fair. And like I just I think I think Clemson blows out Notre Dame. I think they win by 14, no. 17 points. I'm, I'm, can I tell you? I'm with Schwartz. I said this on extra points to Sal and Charlotte already. Exactly what Schwartz just said. If you were going to get Clemson, you should have gotten them last week. It's not like this is, um, oh, wait, uh, Dak Prescott's hurt. Well, we got to play Ben DiNucci now. This is, this is a loaded program. When you're a five star program like that, you're loaded five deep at every position. Clemson, if you were going to get them, it was from lack of experience at QB last week, not this week. Quickly, we're going to jump into some NFL here and get through those. But uh, people listen because they love uh, Jeff Schwartz, the Oregon Ducks picks there. Plus nine and a half is Stanford to play your Ducks. How yeah. say you on that one? Uh, this is a, this is a tough game for me because Oregon um, is a lot of, is inexperienced quarterback and offensive line, but really really good in defense. I'm not sure Stanford's that that talented right now. I go Oregon here, especially minus nine and a half because this game was up at like 10, half, 11. I'll give you one Pac-12 play that. I do like I like two really, but Cal Washington might be canceled if they play Cal. Arizona State big noon kickoff on Fox by the way against USC. Not in Pacific. Take them plus ten and a half. They're gonna they're gonna cover that game. Might not win that game, but take Arizona State. I like that better than Oregon or or Cal right now. I like it. Um, to the NFL we go now. Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts, a big one in the AFC North. The Ravens really yeah. need a bounce back here. The problem as I see it, is that the Colts are good. I know you disagree, Schwartz, or at least about uh, Old Man Rivers being the liability there. I'm not going to push back hard on you on that. Rather, I think that the second half of this season for the Colts, with the defense that they have, if if the two kids, if you can get Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, who were basically zeros just a week ago, if in the second half of this season those two guys get rolling – I think this is the sleeping giant in the uh, in the AFC that could make some hay. I'm going to take the Colts plus one and a half, especially no Marlon Humphrey out there. And I don't know what else. Who knows with COVID going around? I don't know what's going to even be with this game at the time of this recording. I'm surprised that the number is just plus one and a half for the Colts at home. I'm uh, I'm, I'm going with Indy here. 
And his numbers dropped too. Ravens were favored by earlier in the week, I think by three almost. Um, well, yeah, because of the re- I, for that for the reason I, I say. I I don't like to gamble in this game. I, I'm, I my my other podcast, Josh was smarter than you. We just like we're like we're not touching this game. I don't watch this game. I will go with the Colts here to win this game for a specific reason. I believe I'm right in this. I mean, people can can obviously tweet me about it. The Colts, I think, had the least missed tackles in the NFL this season on defense. And that's very important when you play Baltimore because obviously with, with Lamar Jackson's speed and his quickness, the way they run the football. Plus now, Baltimore lost their Hall of Fame right guard in the offseason and they're all pro left tackle. So like they're, they're down their offensive line now against that defense. And Darius Leonard makes that much of a difference. He's back now. Give me the Colts. Um, I guess, I'm, well, fine. If they win, they cover the games. I guess I'm taking both. I'm trying to think of the right metaphor or analogy or simile or whatever it would be. I feel like when guy when teams lose a tentpole player, a Jenga piece like Ronnie Stanley is for the for the Ravens, I feel like it's a gentle decline into the grim reality. It's like being drunk and being like, I'm okay, yeah. I feel fine. It's it's 2 30 a.m. I'm I'm still going, don't worry about me. But as the reality of hangover sets in, that's when you start to pay the yeah. price. I feel like in the same way to connect it to the Titans, I I predicted it a couple of weeks ago. I said they're in real trouble now without Taylor Lewan. It's like, well, they still almost beat the Steelers. It's like I think that reality's kicking in yes. and it's gonna hurt them more and more. I really I I, I keep saying it. Colts are gonna win that division, and the Titans are not gonna be zeros a non-factor yeah. come January because of the expanded playoffs, but Titans giving six and a half to the Bears. I don't. I. I. I ain't putting anything on that against that pass rush. I love the Bears here plus six and a half. Last two weeks, Ryan Tannehill stone for two hundred thirty yards both games, which is very low for him. Right, normally about three hundred yards. So, um, I. I'm. I, I love the Bears here. Get him. Get him points. Um, we mentioned the Giants one. Give us that one real quick again, Schwartz. The Giants plus three now boosted up. Yeah, Giants uh, plus another plus two and a half. At, plus at two and plus a half. I'm sorry. One, plus one fifteen is the boost there. Um, uh, Giants. Uh, I think they they beat the Washington football team outright. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Also, one more before we go. And if you want to fade, if you want to fade uh, instead of Jeff Schwartz, fade Damashek on that one. I got Washington, man. I'd be first of all. You mentioned that they're bad coming off the bye. I mean, moot point. They have a whole new coach and everything. I mean, who no, cares? Ron, what Ron, Ron Rivera's bad. Off oh, is that who you were talking? Okay. Yeah, Ron Rivera's bad. Off one more I like. I want to throw one, one more in there. I like two more just before we get out of here. Go ahead. Seattle minus three at Buffalo. Love Seattle minus three at Buffalo in this situation. And we're going to we're gonna fade to a tongue of a lower for a second here in this game. Cardinals now minus three and a half. I don't, why is the money pouring on the Dolphins? I do not get it. Kingsbury in his career as coach of the Cardinals. 15-7-1 against the spread. The Cardinals are 10th in DVOA, folks. Good football team. Off a of bye. Big big one against Seattle. The Dolphins won that game against the Rams with two defensive score, two defensive scores. They get the ball at the one yard line. And a special team score. They, they 93 yards on offense. Excuse me. 93 yards yeah. Like I I'm giving I like the Cardinals here to win this game by seven. Okay, I, I, I'm with you. The Bills, I'm just self-validating here, by the way. Uh, thanks to our pal Mina Kime. She shouted you out, Schwartz. Uh, we chopped up this game in particular. You can listen to to that one a good time on her podcast. But, um, yeah, it's just I, I don't get what goes on with that Bills defense. I know they had some, uh, some big losses there. Um, if the Bills were ever going to assert themselves as a really physical team, this is the week to do that as the Seahawks adjust to the return of Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap, and all that. They they have to I, – I, we'll see if the Seahawks can can uh, 
progress defensively a little bit. Otherwise, they're, I, I think, not, I think they're kind of a phony team. They're smoke and mirrors a little bit. Russell Wilson can't just cover up all the uh, the warts on the other side of the ball. Um, it is Dolphins v. Cardinals, a the all-time greatest 1v1 QB matchup ever. Kyler, number one, versus Tua, number one there. I'm with you on the Cardinals. Um, Patriots, Jets, a, a, a relatively uh, unimportant game, but all of a sudden, you know, it's not just the Jets or the Giants looking at Trevor Lawrence or otherwise. Now it's the New England Patriots. Patriots minus seven in New York. How say you spaghetti? Um, I think the Jets will eventually pull out a game or two, I think, this year, uh, just based on the talent of uh, Sam Darnold. I still believe in him. Uh, I I was dead wrong about the Patriots. And I thought that Belichick would figure out a way to turn this around. I thought that Cam Newton would be, would be fine. Um, I still think the Pats win this game. Uh, unsure about with that margin, but I think they do. Uh, That's the name of one. the game, Bob. Pick it against the number. Uh, the the Jets will find a way to keep it close, and they, the Jets will will cover. I think that's my pick in this game. But the Jets will lose this game. Uh, I'm going New England minus seven covering here. The Jets suck. They really are terrible. The total on that one forty two and a half. Grim times in Foxborough. Speaking of Foxborough and people who have played there in their lives, Saints Bucks. It's a big one. If the Bucks lose this one, for all the exciting stuff, the but with Antonio Brown and all of that, and the chemistry there. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, but quickly here, if the Bucks lose, they're probably not going to be the, – they're almost certainly not going to be the number one seed in the NFC yeah. because they'll be down two within their own division to the Saints head-to-head. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks here. They, they, they've been a little – weird week to week sometimes they don't show up and then you jump off of them i think they i think they in fact smoke uh well smoke them i think they win this game by a touchdown i'll take uh, brady and company i like uh the bucks here to kind of uh, we've seen this year too when they when they play kind of uh, an offense and next week they just like come back smoke right so i like the bucks here i i will be interested to see how a b integrates with mike evans and chris godwin coming back it does appear from a fantasy football sense just like overwhelming firepower for old man brady there lastly let's bring it on home here pittsburgh steelers dallas cowboys we we've touched on it already shorts you say steelers minus the 13 and a half is your pick here i look it's my it's my pick here i i'm doing it like against i i I don't I don't love it, but I think it's the right. I think that I think Dallas is like too bad for the Steelers to blow this game, right? Like they're like, I mean, are, are they going to score seventeen points? I mean, fourteen? Like, not, it's just like they're not going to score. It is a weird gambling thing to take a look at rationally. How do you do the math on? Yes, one team is thirteen and a half better than the other, but also the grand total on this game is forty is forty one and a half. Yeah. Something's got to give. It almost feels like I'll take the over in this one. I'm going to avoid that fourteen points because once you if you are sufficiently ahead of a team. I think the Steelers are incented with some of their defensive front injuries and otherwise to maybe pull those guys back a little bit if they feel and then it and then could get sideways with a backdoor cover by the home team. So I'll avoid this one. I do think 
take the uh, the over this one with the uh, with the t- with the uh, total there. Like I say, at forty one and a half. Eddie Spaghetti, a quick pick for you on that one. I think I think Steelers could win by more than two touchdowns. I think they will. Uh, the Dallas is terrible, and the the crazy thing about Dallas being this bad is that Zeke's been playing bad. And I think if the Steelers don't have to worry about Zeke, they definitely don't have to worry about the passing game from the Cowboys. So I, I like the Steelers. A lot uh, last thing as we uh, step out here, since uh, nobody asked me, I my name on the uh, show today is Percy Howard. Why? Because number eighty one. Percy Howard for the Dallas Cowboys caught one pass in his pro football career. It was a touchdown in Super Bowl ten. One of my, fa- my one of my favorite uh, statistics or uh, little bits of trivia. Impress your friends with that one. Percy Howard, number eighty one, got hurt, never played again. Would have been a stud according to Gil Brandt uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Anywho. Uh, Good luck to your team this weekend. You're wearing the uh, Irish green. Maybe they need to break that out. Maybe they'll break out the green for you, Spaghetti. They are. They are. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. That's why I'm wearing it. They're wearing the green this week. Very excited. Clash with the orange coming in. All right. Anyway, we'll we'll worry about that later. Jeff Schwartz, enjoy your football weekend. Make sure you're checking out Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you and all his good work over there at Fox Sports. Thanks to Joey Molinaro for joining us again. Cup of Joey. Make sure you check it out on YouTube and otherwise. Eddie Spaghetti, uh, a big weekend of football for him. A big, a big weekend for all our nation. Um, enjoy it. It's a distraction, if nothing else, from uh, everything else outside our our respective front doors. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce for you next week. Until then, for Schwartz, Spaghetti, Mulinaro. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>